Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long-lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dee, and on today's episode of Other You... I have with me a guest who is a manager over at Time Out Market Chicago, former GM of Little Goats, assistant GM over at Italy in Chicago, and she was in operations at the Italy in Boston. Please welcome to the show, Amanda Gonter. Welcome. Hi. So nice to have you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, how have you been? How has life in quarantine been for you? Um, in some ways, I've kind of flourished like Mm. I have a good physical regime I've been eating super lean and healthy and I use my exercise bike every day and that's good as you know I've been I'm a weaver so I've been doing Mm -hmm. some weaving projects but um I I don't think anyone's quarantine is without some struggles (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is fair that is fair yeah yeah uh it's it's been fun uh watching so uh I've seen some of the projects you were doing on the small, um, like loom. I guess you had a tiny loom, right? And then you went and got yeah, a big one. Small one. Yeah, yeah, I have a, uh, a big one that can do up to three by like five foot pieces mm-hmm. or longer, depending on how long the, the fringe is that I add on to it. So, gotcha. yeah, so, I have a big one coming up soon that everyone can take a look at. Oh, so. I can't wait. Um, do you think, uh, or for what uses do you think, um, you will create things, uh, mostly? Um, I haven't really found, uh, any excitement in making anything practical yet. I think it might be kind of cool to dive into like, uh, decorative rugs. Okay. Um, but I, I really like doing like the wall hangings and stuff and I have an affinity towards, material that's specifically like 100% like natural like wool or linen or things like that mm-hmm. um so I don't know maybe it'll transpire into like I've always everyone jokes around that Amanda will have a sheep farm <laughs> so I'd like to learn to like shear spin card dye like the whole process and stuff and there's actually a cool place up in Wicker Park called the weaving mill and they mm. do it's still like artsy independent stuff, but they do more like large, um, collections of things. So they might, one person who works there might like design a shirt and then Mm. they kind of like not mass produce, but like a decent quantity production of like a, a, a woven shirt or someone designs like a, a pattern and they weave that there or something. So who knows? I, I, um, one of the instructors at my weaving school, she runs that place. So, Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. you're you're from Vermont. Um and do you in keeping with the this uh and the possibility of you owning sheep in the future, uh <laughs> do you do you did you have like land where you lived in Vermont and do you miss that since you can't um, have your sheep? Y- yet? Yes and no. So <laughs> I grew up in a really small village. It's actually classified as the village of Bakersfield. Ooh, village. Um, I don't know the current population, but when mm-hmm. I was there, it was 
you know, above a thousand under like 1500 probably. Okay. There's like a general store and a gas station store. And Mm. then there was like an ammo shop that burned down. Okay. And a lumber yard that burned down. And then I think there was maybe like a third store when I was like really little. That also burned down? uh, It closed. And I think someone just like lives there now. But like my... I pretty much knew like the same 20 kids from like kindergarten that I graduated like eighth grade with Hmm. and like, but we did. um, So we actually lived there on and off a little bit. So Mm -hmm. when I was really little, we had a lot of property at this place on a really cool road, which cat falls road. And my dad was really big into gardening. So we did have like, a nice garden and my mom was a junior high science teacher. So we had outdoor space to like collect like bugs and fungus and like stuff like that. But we never raised any animals. We only just had some like vegetables, but we lived near sheep farmers. Mm -hmm. Like the first animal I saw being slaughtered when I was like a kid was like a lamb. Um, We temporarily spent some summers with some family friends on their farm. And so I got to hang out with like the cows and the barn cats and ride Mm. around in the hay wagons and stuff there. So like I had a farm childhood, but we didn't, we didn't have a farm. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That's fun. Um, yeah. Alrighty. Cool beans. So without further um, ado, let's, um, let's talk about what, what was your decision? So when I was in high school, I had two different paths that I thought I would take okay. um, as far as what I would go to college for. And I think, you know, I still, stuck out quite a bit in Vermont because Mm -hmm. I didn't always fit into like the hippie kind of category. I have a bit of a hippie mentality about things, but for the most part I was like more punk rock than that. Okay. And I listened to like everyone else was listening to like the doors and like fish. And I was like listening to like talking heads and the pixies and stuff. And um, I got really into like indie movies and um, got my head really set in the idea of going to film school and being a director and being really starry-eyed about that Mm -hmm. and um, a little bit of a snot about movies too. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the hipster before it was like hipster kind of mentality, (laughs) I guess. Um, But the practical Vermont side of me also had a huge passion for like I'm obsessed with seeing the inside of houses and buildings okay like if we would be on a drive at night when I was a kid and someone had their like lights on I would definitely like stare into like see what the interior of their house looked like and whenever there were like open houses in Vermont I would make my parents stop and we had to like tour (laughs) (laughs) like every house and Vermont and New England in general has such a beautiful, like rich history of like old houses and old Mm -hmm. architecture and stuff, but people like fix them up in such terrible ways. (laughs) And there's like 
you know, in the nineties, everyone kind of jumped on that like fake country, like fake naughty pine, mm-hmm. uh, plaid, like little, little, little baby curtains and, and just stuff like that. It's kind of like ruined everything. Uh. And so my hometown because it's so small and I knew everybody, I was really fortunate enough that I got to see the inside of a lot of really cool old houses and stuff. Okay. Um, so my other choice was I was looking at the Savannah College of Art and Design because they have a really incredible historical restoration program there. Mm. And essentially most of the campus is actually made up of buildings that the program purchased and restored. Really? Like all over, all over Savannah. They own an insane amount of buildings there. So that is a choice. I've always been really curious Mm -hmm. what would have happened if I'd done that and lived in a totally different part of the country that I, I mean, I just recently went to the South for the first time in January. So like, I have no concept of it, but it's really interesting. I was talking with one of my best girlfriends yesterday and she said, you know, I almost went there and I almost went there for the same program. So I was like, that's pretty cool that we would have probably still met each other. Yeah. You know, uh, in that, in that life. So, wow. Well, yeah, yeah. What are the chances? I know that neither of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so instead of going to Savannah, you decided to come to Chicago from Vermont and attend Columbia, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. So you came to Columbia College, um, and did you go through all four years at Columbia? And- no, actually, everyone's always really surprised to find out that mm-hmm. I, I didn't finish college, and I've never had any issue like telling people that, because okay. I still have mixed feelings about like formal education, I guess, um, or the requirements of it, and I, I did go for two years, and... Um, I loved it and I made really great friends, but Mm -hmm. I just started to get really conflicted as to whether or not it was what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, I didn't come, we didn't come from money. And so to pay for college was like a pretty big struggle to take out, like just like everybody else, you know, to take out loans. I got like minimal scholarships because Vermont just didn't really have like film school scholarships (laughs) and stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was kind of a bit of a struggle. So I just Mm. thought why, and this was, I don't know what Columbia costs now, but back in the day I was probably paying close to like 20, $22,000 a year, which sounds like nothing Mm -hmm. for college now, you know, but I thought, why am I going to pay this, um, this price and be in debt for who knows how long, if this is not even what I'm sure I, I want to do. Right. Um, so I, I finished that year and I had good marks and everything. Okay. Um, so I don't really like to ever, I joke that I'm like a dropout, but it's <laughs> like, it, I just, I just stopped going. Gotcha. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't go back. Basically. Okay. Um, do you think that your mentality toward, um, formal education or higher education as it is often called would have prevented you from finishing a program in Savannah as well? I don't really know because I feel like if I was in Savannah, it's more of like a trade, you know? And Mm -hmm. I know that if I'd carried on with film school, I probably would have had less um, time 
in the classroom and eventually like out in the field and like actually like making movies. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like if I'd gone to a school where I was like touching things and, and building things physically with my hands and they were like, I was learning like real practical, like life skills. Mm -hmm. I, I think I would have latched on to that better. Gotcha. Even though at the time I would have probably said the opposite, but when I really reflect back on things that I, am interested in it's a little bit more like practical like old world kind of like mm -hmm. arts and stuff i guess so gotcha okay and uh what did you do right after college then when you decided not to go um, back what did you get into i the only job i'd ever really had before that was i had worked at like a cafe in hanover new hampshire okay and so I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll, I liked being a barista. I'll look at being a barista again. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've I can probably get this from my dad and I make fun of him about his passion for like grocery stores <laughs> and stuff, but I really love like a gourmet market. And in my mm. history, I've worked at about three or four gourmet markets. Yeah. And so... <laughs> There was this little market that was in Streeterville back in the day, kind of near Navy Pier in that AMC theater called Fox and Obel. Mm. And it was kind of like Chicago's attempt at like Dean and DeLuca. And gotcha. um, they were hiring for baristas and they were paying a little bit higher hourly wage than I could at like some other places. Um, and the appeal of a discount in gourmet groceries mm -hmm. at like the age of 20 right. also sounded really, really nice. Or maybe <laughs> I think I was 21 by this point. Yeah, I was 21. Okay. So yeah, discount on wine sounds really great. Right. Yeah. Um, so I worked there for the first year I was out. And then after that, I just started managing cafes. So I was in like what you would refer to as like quick service for a really long time. Right. Um, moved back to Vermont for about a year and a half. Hated it because there's no public transportation there. Mm. There's like a couple museums mm. and like, there's no art house theaters. Like I just, yeah. I, I fit in only there when I like go on vacation. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I fit in there less probably now than like ever. Hmm. Um, so it was a struggle. I moved back to Chicago, stayed okay. in quick service until I got my job at Italy. And then I made the transition to restaurants, but I, I was in management pretty much that whole time. Okay. So, so okay. So you started off at Fox Nobel and then, you jumped from there to quick service, managing that, found your way to mm -hmm. Italy, went to Boston, came back. You were, um, you worked at a hotel for a while as a uh, food and beverage. Or... Yeah, it was like a, it was the shortest time I've ever worked anywhere. I was only there for like, I think two months. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah a really short time. Gotcha. So. And then, but now you're at timeout market. Correct. Excellent. Okay. Um, and um, do you find that this is something that you love or do you find that this is something that you are good at and so you're, you're sticking with what you're good at? It's actually both. Okay. Um, I, I like being on a floor so that I can interact with my staff mm -hmm. and with guests and stuff. Um, but I also really like jobs where I get to do some more like project management almost. Okay. Um, and uh, timeout is kind of one of the first 
I don't know. I feel like sometimes when I interview places, um, someone in the interview latches on to something in my skill set that mm-hmm. doesn't excite me, but it excites them. Hmm. And then I get, I get pigeonholed at a lot of places I've worked. Like high volume seems to be a thing that people like latch onto. And it's like, I don't uh, think high volume is like an exciting skill set. Right. It's important, but sure. it's not exciting. Yeah. Um, so when I interviewed for time out and once I was employed there to open it, it was the first place I've ever interviewed at where they actually latched onto the aspects of my skill set that I find exciting and enjoyable and actually let me have some autonomy with that and like really run with it and create some projects and systems and procedures and ideas that I was really into. Awesome. So my hope is that any sort of job I have in the industry moving forward is a little bit more kind of like project Mm. management slash still the ability to be around food and beverage and stuff. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Do you think then an ultimate goal would be like permanent fixture in from an operation standpoint? Oh yeah, for sure. I've always liked the idea, especially when I was like at Italy, I liked the idea of like being on a task force kind of a team, Mm -hmm. like helping to travel to like open locations or, you know, um, create like different training procedures that like we would travel around like different locations to kind of implement there and make things like more, um, routine and more streamlined at like multiple, Mm -hmm. you know, markets or whatever. Okay. Uh, would you say that this is something that you can identify in you for as long as you can remember, or is this something that developed over the years being in these types of jobs? It's probably for as long as I can remember, but it's from a really weird uh, perspective. When I was in high school, I was really into, I was in the theater program, Mm -hmm. but I was um, not an actor. I did all the production side of things. Gotcha. So um, the coveted role was to be like the assistant stage director to like our theater teacher. Mm -hmm. And I got that pretty young compared to some of the other people who, um, preceded me in school yeah and um I still acted every once in a while in some short plays I I wrote some plays um I did costume design was kind of how I first started okay um but what I really loved most of all was every year we had these one act um competitions against other schools Mm. and we we got to host it three times when I was in high school and that was like a huge thing. And Mm. they would always have a theme and there'd be like an opening ceremonies and a closing ceremonies. And you would like decorate the staging areas for each of the schools in that theme. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you would tie that theme kind of like into the whole like weekend of competition. Yeah. And I got like really into that. And my senior year I got, obsessed with the idea of doing this like silent movie themed festival yeah theater festival and you know my colleagues voted on it and that's what we did and like we just like went all out yeah all out I made my poor friends dress like (laughs) I cast them as like different famous silent movie stars and directed this whole like opening ceremonies my poor sister (laughs) sat in our she was not even in high school anymore she was in college and she sat in our lighting booth with like a 
bottle of some sort of colored liquid so it was like sepia tone like on the stage and stuff (laughs) and yeah like wow this wasn't even this wasn't even the competition it was just like the opening ceremonies and stuff so I've always really liked organizing like that kind of stuff okay so if you had told me then that that would relate to like what I do now Mm -hmm. I would think you are nuts Uh but I I can I can see it gotcha. now. Okay, uh, so. it it probably would have worked really well with the like architecturally themed stuff at the Savannah School. Like yeah, yeah. your pro- project management affinity would have been very very helpful. In yeah, like I would I would restore those houses <laughs> from like every individual nail and like plank of wood. Wow, for sure. So wow. Okay. Uh, are you the type of person that can uh, be uh, obsessive about things? Uh, yeah, but it's so interesting. I pretty much neglect the things I don't care about. So I can't just be, you can't just give me anything and I'm obsessive about it. Okay. It has to be like something that I, I selfishly want to do. <laughs> okay. Like that's just the way it is. It's kind of like in school, in high school, I, I'm, like, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm a smart person. But Ooh. I hated chemistry and algebra. So I just, like, didn't do it. Engage, yeah. And I got really bad grades yeah. in those classes. Mm-hmm. But I got really great grades in English and history and, like, theater. Yeah. And so th- things you were passionate about, you put your yeah. energy and focus in. I gotcha. Yeah. So, like, I can be really obsessive mm-hmm. and a perfectionist about only really specific things gotcha okay okay uh but like restoring houses would definitely be one of those things that you would oh for sure (laughs) yes for sure okay uh do you find that in your um are you obsessive about the what is what the the weaving that's what it is the weaving that you do do you find yourself obsessive about that or is this more a more relaxing thing for you it's a little bit more relaxing. Like okay. I, my style of weaving is a little bit abstract. So it, there's room for me to like make an error and not like undo it. Oh, okay. So I allow for errors, but if I just don't like how something looks, mm-hmm. I will like undo like half of a weaving and go back and redo like the whole thing. Gotcha. The only thing is, is that the fiber that I work with is so, um, specific that I don't want to manipulate it too much and like ruin it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I just have to like live with what I did. But the beauty is, is I make these pieces for a lot of other people or to sell. Mm -hmm. So like if I don't like how it looks, nobody else is going to realize that they don't like how something looks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess it's a little bit more organic than other things that I would obsess about, but I am, I do obsessively shop for like, the stuff that I weave with. Yeah. I'm like obsessive about the quality that it is, okay. the animals that it comes from, the kind of dye that people use to mm. make sure I'm supporting like really interesting or independent businesses. Mm-hmm. So I guess I can be obsessive about that part. And I'm really obsessed with the, the creating the color palette mm-hmm. will sometimes take me longer than to actually weave a piece. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I guess, Yes. I, yeah, I kind of obsess about it. <laughs> okay. Um, something that you said there where you like to support 
um, interesting or people that are doing interesting things. Uh, is that something that's pervasive throughout the things that you do? Do you like to make sure to go to bars that are doing interesting things or support uh, restaurants that are like cutting edge sort of with some of the things that they do? Yeah, that's been my intention for sure. I'm also obsessed about planning vacations. So whenever I'm picking restaurants and stuff to go on vacations, mm-hmm. that's like a huge deal to me. Mm-hmm. In Chicago, that's not that hard to come by because the food and beverage industry here is already so interesting mm-hmm. that it's it's easy to kind of like collect those options. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also can like murder like Popeye's fried chicken. Ah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay. I'm not like, you know, okay. I'm not a total like snot, but yeah. you know, with mm-hmm. the climate, with like the pandemic yeah. and with a lot of the protests and stuff, it's definitely changing my perspective on, um, what kinds of, what kind of consumer I want to be moving forward. Mm. Okay. I, I can appreciate that. Uh, that's... And I've always thought I was a conscious consumer, but I, I'm, I wasn't conscious enough, hmm. you know? Uh, that's that is how you met um, Stephanie, right? My my wife. For those of you listening, Stephanie, my wife, and Amanda uh, have known each other for quite a few years. You and I met at Time Out last year for the first time. Yeah, but you yeah. you know Stephanie through, like she says, you guys are brunch buddies. We were, but it was actually a friend of mine from high school moved out here with his wife for a little bit. And um, speaking of someone I forced to dress like a in costume yeah. for theater competition, <laughs> I believe I made him dress as Pee Wee Herman in a, a different year. Really? Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, she knew them. Okay. And we all went out to brunch together. Um, and that's when I met Stephanie. And then she and I had brunch in the city after that. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, she told me, um, which is interesting, because before I had ever met you, I met your sister in Morocco. And do, like during our uh, honeymoon, we took a, a three month honeymoon um, and traveled all, like over several countries in Europe. We went down to Morocco, made our way to uh, East Asia and Thailand, and we spent a day in South Korea. But while we were in Morocco, she said, Oh, hey, my friend. Uh, Amanda, her sister lives here and she wants to take us out to dinner. And anytime she says, Oh, my friends, uh, I assume it's a swimming buddy of hers from Ohio. I don't know why I do that. I just do that every time. <laughs> so for the longest time, I just assumed you were a swimmer and you competed. Oh, you were a competitive actually, swimmer. Were you? F- fun fact I don't know how to swim. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I've been looking into adult swimming lessons because I, I want to know how. Yeah. But yeah, I actually don't know how to swim at That's... all. <laughs> so maybe I could maybe I could pay Stephanie to teach me a swim. You know, she was a swim coach. She was a swim coach for years. Ah. So that's man. That's hilarious. Okay. So that's just what I assumed. And then, you know, we met up with your sister and her husband uh, and we hung out that night and it was like one of the craziest nights of my life. I loved it. (laughs) Some great memories. Uh, And then we come back and she tells me like, oh, no, no, she's, she was a friend of 
a friend of someone I works with. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, I worked with this person. She had a friend and that person had a friend whose name is Amanda. We all got together. And then she and I became brunch buddies. And I was like, oh, so it was, it was very interesting <laughs> how like, yeah. So, but it's funny then that I thought you were her swimming buddy and you're like, no, nah, yeah. man, I don't, I don't, I don't. And you swim. got to meet my sister under like really cool, fun circumstances. And I think like you and I met at like an, a job, job interview. interview. Yep. We shook hands <laughs> yeah. at the job interview for the very yeah. first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. And what's weird is like, uh, even though I knew that you guys were connected, uh, I didn't make the effort to like look you up on social media just to have an idea. Oh, who is this person that I'm meeting? You know, I'm just, I, yeah. it was even, it was even after we had met that it was clarified. So up to the point where we had met and shook hands, I just assumed you were a competitive swimmer as a child. Oh, that's so funny. In Ohio. No? But <laughs> nope, you The opposite, quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, your, the time you're, you're senior year of high school. Um, yeah. You're making decisions about what you want to do. You're already entrenched in the theater program and you think like, oh, this is something that I want to pursue. I want to make uh, movies. Uh, what, what drew you to Chicago? Um, so first and foremost, it, art school so growing up in like rural vermont mm -hmm. it's i went to a really good school compared to some of the you know vermont's not a very wealthy state mm -hmm. there are some really nice rich private schools but i i went to a really nice high school that had really great extracurricular activities and really cool programs and i was really fortunate that they actually let me create an independent film study for myself for my junior and senior year. I did a like self-taught class wow. for two years in a row. Okay. But that being said, it still wasn't like there, it was still almost impossible to create like a portfolio. Mm -hmm. And a lot of art schools require the, are competitive and the people who get to go to them are oftentimes kids with like trust funds who right. went to a specific art program or something like that. And they, have the financial means to create some sort of really beautiful like portfolio and nearly at the time so many art schools and I knew I wanted to be in a city because like where else why would I go to an art school yeah. not in a city um at, there was just no way for me to create a portfolio to get into a lot of the other art schools like in New York and stuff like right. that even to get into the the like art institute in Chicago, I think you had to have like a minimum certain amount of portfolio. Oh, and like, okay. when I say I created an independent film study in high school, like I could either edit on the same equipment that the local public access channel used or, <laughs> and that's not even a joke. Yeah. <laughs> or I was using like one of the old school, like I was using iMovie on like an iMac. Whoa. So like the, the, like I would, I did the best that I could mm -hmm. with like not very nice equipment or like professional anything. Mm. So I've always been really fascinated with like Chicago history. I like a city with a little bit of like grit to okay. it. Um, and a little bit of like pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Cause I am from Vermont after right. all. Um, 
So my friend Maya and I came out our senior year because she was looking at different schools too. Okay. And she was dating a friend of ours who was going to school in at Beloit, Wisconsin mm-hmm. at the time. So we made like a whole trip of it. We came out, okay. we played tourist in Chicago. We went up to Beloit, hung out with him. Um, and then, you know, came back to Chicago, went back to Vermont. Gotcha. And so we toured, we toured Columbia because Columbia was cheaper than a lot of other schools. Yeah. Um, and you didn't have to have a portfolio to get in. Right. So it seemed very, um, willing to like work with someone who maybe didn't have the foundation for a lot of the programs that they had. Mm. Um, like, like a starter, a starter art school kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, so that is essentially, you know, what kind of drew me to it i came back again the following summer to tour again or maybe it was my senior year but i came back again before i went at some point with my mom and my sister we came out we did like the college tour again Hmm. at some point before i was accepted um and then yeah i was accepted and uh, i actually didn't go right away i stayed in vermont for a year because we didn't have the finances for me to go right away okay so I stayed in Vermont and I went to Champlain College in Burlington, Vermont for half a year and got some of my like gen eds out of the way oh, at like, smart. you know, a cheaper rate, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I did that and then I went, I started at Columbia when I was 19. Okay. So started at 19. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you take, and I, I, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just dumb side story. Um, oh. my, I met my best friend Maya at orientation. No, my best friend Matt. I met oh, him okay. at my college orientation. Like we met orientation week, which is like kind of crazy. Interesting. So Matt is your best yeah. friend now, and you yeah. met him at orientation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And he's actually successful, like in the film industry. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah good for him so, that's great yeah he he won an emmy for rick and morty so no he's... kidding all right yeah yeah awesome awesome that's great news. yeah okay um so did you take any trips down to savannah i didn't no okay no it's like i once i kind of found columbia i kind of just like latched onto that idea so gotcha okay yeah. uh, but they were kind of neck and neck at that point until you made yeah, the trip. Yeah, and I applied to Savannah, and this is going to sound crazy, but I honestly don't even remember if I got in because once I got into Columbia, I just didn't care about anything else. Ah, okay. Alrighty. Applied, but not, you don't remember if you no. got in, right? It's, so it, yeah. It's, yeah, it stopped being important once you got into Columbia. Yeah, and you know what's stupid is I only applied to those two schools. Get out of here. Wow. Yeah. So like if I didn't get into either, I mean, I, I kind of knew I was going to get into Columbia because again, like I said, it was like mm-hmm. the starter yeah, art yeah. school and it, they didn't seem to really turn anyone down. At all. Yeah. At <laughs> no, all. From what yeah. I remember. So, yeah. I had yeah. considered going to Columbia, uh, when I was done with high school, I like, yeah. So I, I had taken, uh, like a drama class in high school because I needed an English elective and that one just seemed like the easiest one, but I fell in love yeah. with my teacher. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this again. And so I was a part of the productions that we did our senior year. And we, we also did like a, a collection of one act plays, mm-hmm. but our school was so big that 
and this class was so big that we were able to have like six or seven different one act plays with completely different students. Oh, we did that. We did one thing one year or every year we had a thing called junior jamboree. Mm -hmm. And that was every grade did a one act play Mm -hmm. competing against each other. But in the state of Vermont, there is like a regional and like a state one act competition. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So we did both. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I just, I have fond memories of one of my buddies. He did a, um, Cyrano de Bergerac and mm. uh, it ends like his piece ended with him saying ass and he came from a very conservative Christian family so he relished the idea of being able to swear on stage yeah it was the most beautiful because like you would see him practicing he never said it during rehearsals ever not even once Right. Yeah. But he, he said it on stage and he was so happy. And then we we noticed when he came back that his fly was down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, your fly is down. And he looks and he got so upset. And in that moment, he was like, oh, fuck. So he got to <laughs> he got to swear twice in one day. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it was so amazing. We actually did Cyrano de Bergerac at one of our competitions. Mm. And I actually won a costume designing award. Hey. Look at that. For, uh, yeah. Nice. Nice. That's great. Um, so you mentioned that you were into Talking Heads and Pixies. Um, tail end of high school, right before you found out that you were accepted to Columbia and you yeah. were going to make the jump. Uh, tell me, what, what music were you into at that time? So that actually, that music actually came to me really early. When we, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, we moved to Ohio for three years when Ooh. I was like So seven. you did live in Ohio, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My parents are both from Ohio and they wanted to move back to be around family and uh-huh. it was not what we thought it would be and we missed Vermont. So we spent all three of those years every summer trying to move back to Vermont. <laughs> um, but... In that time, I went to a really good school and I was put in enrichment classes for gifted and talented kids, which wasn't an option when I got back to Vermont. Okay. Because I just don't have money for stuff like that. Yeah. And we had uh, cable. And it was like 1989 um, to the early 90s. So I watched VH1 and MTV like crazy. And I, it was the first time I heard and saw like, B-52s and like Talking Heads and The Clash. And um, so my music taste didn't really ever change from that. that. I did get really into like indie stuff in high school too, like uh, Pavement. I was really into, I was, uh, (laughs) I had a huge crush also on Gavin Rossdale from Bush. But if I listen to like Bush now, I can't listen to it. But like, I still love like, pavement and the lemon heads and like mm. um you know stuff like that but like some of the grunge era stuff i just it doesn't it didn't it stick didn't with me but like mm-hmm. yeah but like the genre that's known as like college rock like yeah. rem and like uh yeah like pavement talking heads like stuff like that like stuck with me mm. more and because i was from vermont like i did totally listen to fish still of course and i totally listened to like dave matthews band mm-hmm. And if you're from Northern Vermont, there's this one Canadian band that's like pretty important to us there called um, the Tragically Hip. And so Tragically Hip. 
Yeah, I listened to the Tragically Hip like a ton, and I still love Tragically Hip, and um, it's it's like a weird connection. It's like every, no matter what walk of life you kind of come from mm-hmm. in that era when we were all in high school, everyone just loved Tragically Hip. Gotcha. Okay. If you speak ill of Tragically Hip, it's like you shut your mouth, <laughs> kind of, you yeah. know, just... You're wrong. Yeah. How dare so, you? How dare you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I did listen to tons of Canadian music too, okay. like Sloan and Ashley McIsaac and like weird indie Canadian stuff. Okay. Cool. Um, did you have any hobbies that were outside of theater production and things of that nature? Um, I really liked to plan parties. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, my two, I was friends with these two sisters and we like to plan these like parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we planned like this really cool Christmas party and I made like this Chris, ultimately like, Christmas playlist and mm. the food had to be just right. And, uh, my parents let me like decorate like the basement and I had all my friends over and one year for my birthday, my birthday, mind you, is July 14th. So it's usually one of the most disgusting days in the whole summer. Yeah. And I made my poor friends dress up and like come to my house. And so there's pictures from this birthday party from when I was like 14. And my poor guy friends are all wearing these like vintage polyester suits, just like sweating. Oh my gosh. Their asses off in these pictures and stuff. So I guess I really like to plan parties. Okay. I always, I always really liked to cook. Um, but it kind of goes back to how I was obsessed with like indie music and like indie movies. Like Mana, one of my childhood friends, I'm still friends with him to this day. We're like music twins, mm. Matt. Um, when I moved back to Vermont, he had a satellite dish. And so he had MTV and M2 nice. and it was him, our friend Ben and um, my friend Sally. And we all had like subscriptions to like radar and like spin and rolling stone. And so we would, obsessively watch and video record like music videos and like rewatch them. And we would look, we would lay around on the floor and like look at these music magazines and sometimes trade the magazines or like trade pictures. Oh like, gosh. yeah. So that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Like just watching like indie movies and listening to like lots of music and stuff. Okay. What was your, what was your favorite movie, your favorite indie movie at that time? Oh, it's still one of my favorites, but I was obsessed with Train Spotting. Really? Um, How did you yeah, feel about I the sequel? It, I actually really liked it. I don't love it like I do Train Spotting, okay. but I don't like loathe it like some sequels. Like I don't feel like oh, I wish I'd never watched that because it just like undid the story in my head. But interesting story. When I was in college, the writer Irvine Welsh released porno which was supposed to be the sequel to train spotting so the sequel movie is not similar to the sequel book and he was teaching at my college at columbia and he was living in the guest apartment in our building and i never met him but i physically once wasn't looking and i slammed into him <laughs> in, the, in the elevator and oh it was like gosh. a scene out of a movie like he drops like his papers went like flying like everywhere (laughs) and I was humiliated and I knew exactly who he was. And Uh. I had just gone to like a lecture of his, like somewhere else in the city, like a couple days earlier. And so I just like helped him pick up his papers and like got into the elevator and pressed a button. I didn't say like anything to him. So, um, but yeah, I always really liked train spotting and I really loved reality bites was like another movie that I really liked. 
All right. Um, so is it uh, just you and your sister? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just the two. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else pertinent? Um, no. Uh, where where was um, Abby? Where was she living at the time when you went to uh, Chicago for school? So she she went to Smith in Massachusetts. Okay. And when she graduated, she didn't have anything lined up. And our parents were divorcing. And my mom decided to move to a completely different part of the state of Vermont. And so here I've graduated high school. I'm not going to college right away. My sister's graduated college. She's not doing anything right away. And we moved into this like two bedroom. My sister and I shared a room for the first time. Oh, wow. As like 18 and 21 year olds. Nice. And (laughs) there were no jobs in that area as there aren't really in Vermont or anything. And so Abby got a call from a friend of hers from college for a position in D.C. And so she pretty much went to our storage unit and... I can't remember if she drove. I don't think she drove out there. Okay. Or she, no, she did. She rented like a little budget truck and she like drove herself from Vermont to DC. Wow. And she started working in like the nonprofit sector in DC um, hmm. and stayed there until she, until she got placed in different parts of Africa for her job. Gotcha. Cool. All yeah. right. So if you would have gone to, um, Savannah, she would have been in DC. So you, you could have been able to see her. I oh, imagine. You're breaking up a little bit. Um, I imagine that you would have been able to see her a little bit easier had you gone to Savannah than if she was in Vermont or had she decided to stay in Massachusetts after school. Yeah, probably. I just feel like if we'd both lived in like cities, it's like easier to fly. Right. To see each other and stuff. Okay. Cool beans. Um, yeah, I think that is... Uh, a lovely amount of nuggets of information to play with to create something. Um, At this part of the show, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll listen to some music. When we come back, we will hear the story that I will have written for Amanda. It'll be called other Amanda. And then Amanda and I will explore uh, how closely it relates to her, how much of her she can see in the character of other Amanda and, so on and so forth. Thank you for being here. Please stick around.
and welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed the music. Um, again, today on Other You, I have Amanda Gonter. And if you'd like to follow some of her weaving projects, please feel, to, feel free to look her up on Instagram. It is uh, wary underscore weavings. That is W-A-R-Y underscore weavings, multiple with an S at the end. Um, and I don't know, give her a follow, um, comment on some of her stuffs, talk to her about weaving projects that you might have. <laughs> uh, but that's where you can find her. That's where you can find her. Um, and without any more hesitation, let us get right into other Amanda. You ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do it. The early morning dew weighs heavily on the leaves and grass, and the air is filled with wetness. It has not rained in weeks, but the mornings are damp from the vapor resting just above the ground, changing state as the air cools. Other Amanda trudges back and forth from her modest bedroom to her rental car many times over, walking through a small patch of grass between her front door and where her car is parked. The hems of her pants grow heavy as they drink the dew from the grass that is just a little too long. The crisp morning air dances on her lips with flitting white breath. Sweat beads down her back, and every time she stops to take a breather, the cool air brings chills up and down her spine. The very last box, blanket, knickknack, poster, pen, toothbrush, saucepan, has been loaded into the low-mileage SUV. The hours of playing Tetris have paid off, as everything is expertly and snugly packed together while maintaining the integrity of the boxes. Other Amanda proudly admires her work for a moment or ten. With a satisfied sigh, she hops into the driver's seat and heads out on her 18-hour drive along the eastern coastline to Savannah, Georgia. She plans to go through every major city in between here and there. Boston, New York City, Philly, Baltimore, Richmond are all circled on their respective states page of her 66-page atlas. Illegibly scrawled notes dictate the plan she has for each place, where she will eat, what she will see, where she will stop. The best laid plans later, other Amanda is weary from her drive. The long hours sitting upright in the heavily packed SUV test her ability to control the vehicle at every curve and every slowdown. The traffic in Boston demoralized her as she was forced to apply the brakes harder than what was normal for her and it sent items careening from the back to the floor beneath her feet and on one occasion impeding her ability to push the brake pedal. In a moment of panic, she swerved toward the curb and pulled the emergency brake handle. Visibly shaken, she sat trembling, forgetting to breathe. She never did get to Audubon Circle, instead electing to choose the road outside Boston for respite instead of any of its eateries. She sees a sign that reads Richmond, 184, and she perks up. A smile creeps up and creases the edges of her mouth. She lowers the window and lets the rush of air blow through her hair. Her left hand extends out and she takes hold of the air as it sits heavy in the moment. She moves her fingers through what feels like hair before playfully surfing her hand up and down through the waves of displaced molecules. Only 180 miles and you can pull over and we can sleep. I know you're tired, other Amanda, but you've got this. It's only been 11 hours. You planned on 16 hours of driving, but I think 14 will be good enough for today. We had a scare, but we're all right. I'm so hungry. I could really use a good hot meal. I should have thought this through better than I did. I don't even have any snacks. What am I going to eat? Pencils? Ugh. Other Amanda is alone in the car. She opted to take the drive solo against the pleading of her mother. No. Nobody eats pencils. We're going to be fine. Just keep swimming with your hand out the window. Feels nice, doesn't it? Sure does, she continues. The two sides of the conversation start in the same tone of voice, but the voice in her head slowly changes into an unfamiliar voice. 
She cannot be bothered to notice as all her energy is focused on the road ahead of her. You keep saying we're going to be okay, but are you sure? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of tired. Put on some music and hurry. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't hear you. Did you just whisper? Just push play. Lake fever begins blaring in the surround sound speakers and other Amanda sings along. 171 miles later, just one night. Do you need one better two? Huh? J just one. Oh, I, I heard you talking to someone when you came in. I just, I just wanted to make sure. I wasn't, no, no, I mean, I'm, I'm alone. I'm, I was probably just singing a song. I was listening to music in the car. Right. What song was it? The pestering of the front desk agent at the Regency Inn in Richmond, Virginia, grated on other Amanda's nerves. Tired and unwilling to engage in banter, she sharply responds, it's that one song where the chorus is something like none of your business. I'm sure you've heard of it. Blinking through the unexpected comeback, the clerk, whose name tag reads, Eager Aaron, sheepishly put his head down and entered her information without another word. Room 243. It's out the door and to the left, up the stairs at the end, and, and then you then a few rooms back this way. Here's a 10% off coupon at the Regency Family Restaurant. You'll walk past it on the way to your room. Food's okay on the best nights and pretty bad on the worst of nights. But the hot open roast beef sandwich is always good. It's Friday, so you're in luck. It's open till 9. Usually closes at 2, but you're good to go for tonight. Other Amanda piles everything together and tucks it tightly under her arm. She, without a thank you or any inkling of gratitude, turns and quickly, yet heavy-footed, walks out of the lobby. She pauses for a moment. Left or right? Left. Don't you remember? You have to pass the restaurant? Right. Left. No. Just left. Shut up. You know what I mean. Other Amanda heads to the SUV and drives over to the staircase at the end of the wing where her room is. She takes with her a small overnight bag with a few essentials and a change of clothes. Tired and hungry, she climbs the stairs and tracks back a few rooms to number 243. The key slides into the lock with little resistance, but takes a few turns to click open. The room is modest and smells like antiseptic and stale sheets. The dated furniture belies the modern touch recent renovations have established. The bathroom is fitted with hand-cut marble counters and efficient toilets. The shower head has several settings, including mist that lets you create a semblance of a steam room, but the hot water heater has yet to be replaced, so the water turns chilly within minutes. Two stars out of ten. A sunrise later... Other Amanda sits up in the queen-size bed and stretches to the heavens, arching her back until there is a crack and another and another. She lets out a hearty yawn and exhales aloud with a deep whew from the depths of her belly. She rubs asleep from her eyes and gathers her things. She brushes her teeth last, two minutes and 14 seconds. Every time is the same. She's had no need of a timer as her consistency is perfect every time. With a heavy thud, the door slams shut. Other Amanda scampers back to her SUV and drives to the front door and stops to head in to check out. Eager Aaron greets her with a sheepish smile. Did you enjoy your stay? You know what? It was fine. The mister would have been a nice touch if the hot water lasted longer than five minutes. Who designed that anyway? What a silly oversight. I hate it. Hasn't the poor boy suffered enough? Whispering to herself, Other Amanda responds. That has nothing to do with him. He asked the question and I answered. In a snarky tone, Aaron offers, ah, the none of my business song. I remember that from yesterday. Other Amanda stares directly into his eyes and pierces his soul. He, he blinks through the onslaught and slides a printed receipt to her and says, feel free to just leave the keys on the counter here. Have a nice day. Other Amanda flips the keys onto the counter and heads out to her vehicle and back onto the road. The sun is high in the sky and the dash clock reads nine. She adjusts the rearview mirror and heads back out onto the drive to Savannah. 
The sun treks across the sky as she makes her way through North and South Carolina and into Georgia. A wanderlust rises within her, and she keeps driving, pulling over periodically to, to check gas stations for flea markets where she can sell some of her belongings. The signs for Savannah read 200 miles, then 100, then 50, then 10, but she drives on, staying on 95 until Jacksonville, where she turns right on 10 and heads to Lake City. The pale moonlight fills the black night with a soft blue glow. The headlights of the cars coming her way go unnoticed as she sings along to the hum of the engine. 5,000 miles later, she lays in the now-empty cargo area of the tired SUV. The gate is down, and her feet dangle off the edge. She can now see a myriad of stars in the night sky of the Helena Lewis and Clark National Forest's campsite through the open backseat window. The soft glow of campfires poke through the darkness as she traces them from left to right with her finger. What do you see when you trace the lights? Without hesitation, other Amanda quietly responds. Me. The end. Cool. Yeah. I'm jealous of the other Amanda's ability to be able to uh, crack her back. In the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's gotten a lot uh, harder as I've gotten older. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was funny. I was... Um, so sit like sitting in my chair when I push to try and crack my back on the the backrest, it like just pushes the chair out, and I just fondly remember all those days in grade and elementary grade elementary grade school and high school where oh, you know just, it's like, all connected and it would crack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you just push back. <sighs> yeah, oh, yeah. My gosh. You got to get a foam roller, man. Oh no, no, I have one of those. I have one oh. of those. Yeah, those are good. Uh, when whenever I like feel tightness in my lower back, I use the foam roller and just kind of sit yeah. down there and just feel the separation. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, besides the, the back cracking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the touch of the tragically hip song for sure. Yeah, right on. Um, my one concern is <laughs> the, the really great um, navigator in me would not drive through Boston because that would be out of the way. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I just yeah, I figured yeah. like you in that you're like, okay, I'm going to drive all the way down there. And so I'm going to go to all the big cities. Yeah. But that is I mean, something that I would definitely do to like create, like, I wouldn't just drive somewhere. I would find like weird landmarks and stuff to like pull off to for sure. Nice. Okay. So I, I guess, right. I figured you would be one of those people. If you're going to make a, a long intentional trip, you're, you're not just like driving through and waving at the downtown skyline. You're actually going somewhere. Yeah. Have you ever been to Audubon Circle? I mean, I lived in Boston for a year and a half. So that's a yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I was looking for like burger <laughs> places that were like rated top. And that was like one of the top rated burger places, apparently on one magazine that I looked in. So I figured you, I, I figured you might to, uh, recognize that. What I, where I used to eat in Boston, but this was like, as an adult, I wouldn't have known that. And I don't even know if this was around, but there's a chain called tasty burger in Boston Ooh, tasty and burger. it's named for like the conversation between, um, John Travolta and Samuel Jackson, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. I love it. That's, that's hilarious. And it's, it's, it's open now or it, yeah, it was yeah. open? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's like three or four. And then it's also like the official like burger place at Fenway. So there's one oh, outside okay. the park and then there's like a couple inside the park at the like eateries too. Gotcha. So, and it gotcha. is 
a tasty burger. Is it? Nice. Yeah, it's super good. Oh, man. I, like, I, I, I wish I would have known when I was a kid how much I would love ham and cheeseburgers when I grew up because I feel like I would have like done more to try and find a good burger. I don't know why I was stuck on like fettuccine Alfredo, like some idiots. Like, I mean, yeah. the, I, I always felt like, Oh, we're out at a restaurant. Surely they have this. I'm like, why? The hell? <laughs> why uh, that? Since the market has closed, the one thing I've craved like consistently, like mm-hmm. this craving will not go away. Uh-oh. I'm sure until I eat one um, is the Mott burger really yeah i have Uh, been thinking about the mini mop burger like i almost tried to go there for my birthday to just sit in the green and then around my birthday they also had sweet corn soft serve which sweet corn is my favorite food is it and in vermont we call soft serve creamies (laughs) so some (laughs) sweet corn creamies (laughs) yeah so i wanted to go but they serve in that Taiyaki, I think is what it's called. It's the little fish shaped ice cream cone. Ah. The like, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, so when I move up to Old Irving Park, I'm going to have to get my butt, or at least once I'm in Old Irving Park, I think Mini Mott will actually deliver to my house. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> you don't have yeah. to leave. That's perfect. Oh, yep. man. Yeah, yeah. The first time I had corn ice cream, I was in Puerto Rico, and there was this huh. ice cream shop that had like, like uh, it was known for having a bunch of like ridiculous flavors and i saw corn yeah. and i was like that's stupid i'll try it so good though it was delicious yeah i loved it i had it there's a neapolitan pizza spot in cape cod that i really like mm-hmm. and um they always have like in the summer they have a sweet corn gelato gotcha so good that sounds scrummy yeah i've 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 been like chasing that high ever since like 2005 when i had it the first time like corn flavored ice cream or it was like if it wasn't ice cream then it was like frozen yogurt or shaved ice or something like that yeah yeah. but they like served it in little bowls with spoons and oh man good times good times um so was i was i able to capture some of your spirit as you know yeah i would say that when i was like younger like that i was definitely probably like more impatient and i would say that i was a product of the angst mm-hmm. uh angst riddled uh like post grunge era mm-hmm. art art house teenage kids nice so i would say my interaction while it horrified me to hear it is probably <laughs> accurate to how 18 or 19 year old amanda would have engaged with a front desk clerk gotcha yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know why that even popped up i just thought it would be funny if he like if he was like trying to be uh so like in my head he was like oh here's this girl by herself maybe i'll like charm her the way that people charm or at least try to and they like they either try and get too intimate too early or they're like they think it's cute to like uh put you on the spot you know like hey you said this what did you mean by that you know um, yeah. thinking like, ah, oh, they'll, they'll, this will endear me to them. You know, I think it's a very like new England East coast versus like the South kind of interaction though, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we're not really particularly, we're polite and we're cordial and mm-hmm. we're like, 
old school friendly, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily say that New Englanders are charming. Gotcha. (laughs) Good to know. But I do have to say that I would have actually probably high-fived him or congratulated him for the comeback. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Okay, that's good to know. (laughs) That's good to know. I would have been like, oh, touche. I actually think you're pretty neat now. Oh, right on. You won me over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Score. Okay. Okay. Uh, Have you ever found yourself um, on long trips by yourself talking to yourself? Um, I talk to myself all the time. Yeah, Yeah. definitely in my car and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I went through a phase where I talked to myself so much in my car that when I first got my first cell phone Mm -hmm. and I would be driving in like a busier area like Burlington or like a city, I would have my phone up to my ear so people didn't think I was just crazy. Oh my god, I love that. And this this was before the like um safe driving like right. headset. So oh I would goodness. just be like driving around like pretending I was on the phone, but really I was just talking to myself. I love it. I love yeah. it. I like I've noticed that if on on trips uh that I've been on where if I'm by myself driving for like many hours or whatever, uh I'll like have a conversation with my dashboard or with my <laughs> steering wheel or my um whatever my radio my gear shifts i don't know why i feel the need to but i'll just start talking to them just to keep my mind my mind occupied or you know i think i've graduated now though into chewing gum and so i chew gum until the flavor's gone and then i spit it out then i grab a new piece just to keep my mouth occupied i guess like i'm yeah talking or whatever i feel like i probably engaged mostly with like the music I was listening to, like yeah, I was okay. the master of mixtapes. Like if you ask any of my teen friends, they all still have the mixtapes that I made them. And they nice. remember like the order nice. of like some of the songs and stuff. That's so like if I really liked something, I would be like really vocal about it, whether someone was in the car or not. And then mm-hmm. I would like rewind it or I would rewind like a solo. Okay. Or if I liked the way the singer said a certain like word or phrase or lyric, I would like rewind that and listen to it. And I would totally be like, verbally reacting to it in the car oh wow (laughs) like oh yeah let me hear that again and i like rewind one of my friends gets mad at me because anytime i um i'll recommend music or an album or a specific song to him he knows it's because there's something musically that like struck me you know yeah and like oh there's this one riff or there's this one like drum groove that happens for these two you know, verses or all oh, the bridge on this song is tight. And he's like, man, shut up. The rest of the song is garbage. <laughs> and I hate this band. You cannot tell me it's worth listening to for this one part. And this one song, I'm like, no, but I mean, it's so beautiful. This piece, listen. Yeah, so. no, I'm definitely like that. I think I'm a little bit more like that with like lyrics or mm-hmm. the pronunciation of like a word. I kind of okay. like go back or like, I really like um, a lot of the like, 50s 60s either like garage rock or soul singers that had like mm. the crackle sure. like if you listen to like what a wonderful world by sam cook mm-hmm. i'll like rewind the part at the end where he says like oh la cha 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 because his voice like cracks a little bit so mm. i'll just like rewind it like a couple of times before i like let the song finish. Uh, <laughs> yeah nice okay okay have you ever been on like a cross-country drive not not solo like i feel like the farthest i really ever drove was 
when I drove once from like Vermont to like Kennebunkport, Maine. And then like my dad lived in Conway, New Hampshire for a while. So I used to drive from like Northwestern Vermont down to like the middle of New Hampshire. What is that like? Um, Two hours? Uh, no, it would be longer than that. Probably like okay. three or four hours. Oh, and to Kennebunk, okay. it was probably like, yeah, like four or five hours, I think. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. I think that's really the lo- longest. I mean, I went up to Montreal a lot, but that was like an hour away. I never oh, drove okay. to Boston, though. You never drove to Boston? No, I think the closest I ever drove was my sister lived in Northampton, Massachusetts, and I feel like I drove to see her there once, or I took the bus. I can't remember. I drove one year with a buddy of mine. So, I mean, I wasn't alone, but like the longest drive that I can remember is we drove from Dallas to Chicago and then up through uh, Canada to, man, we drove to through Montreal. Yeah, here he goes. So it was 2,000 miles. Jeez, save me. Um, wow. yeah, I'm just looking at it on Google right now. So like about 2000 miles, we, we drove and for no reason, it was literally, we stopped by Chicago cause he'd never been. So we hung out there. We played a game of like pickup baseball with my brother and some of his friends. And then we just got in the car and drove the next day, all the rest of the way. Although I will say, uh, the prettiest McDonald's I've ever seen in my life was at Toronto. I don't know if there was like some school event that was also happening the night that we happened to pull up, but there were so many like kids dressed well on dates at McDonald's. Interesting. Yeah. The fanciest McDonald's I've ever seen is actually in Stowe, Vermont. Okay. Stowe is like this really rich, like um, it's like a ski town, but it's also just like super rich. And there's actually like all these laws about, business signs Mm -hmm. and there's all these businesses in Stowe that are like sign makers and Uh so they have to match all of these like certain like legal standards so like the McDonald's sign there is like a literal gold arch (laughs) and it has like a wildflower like be friendly garden all around it and the Stowe bike path like wraps around it too so a lot of bikers like stop there for like Gotcha. If they're not going to the fancy places, they'll like stop for like their midday lunch or whatever with their oh. kids. And it's like all like, it might be different now, but it was all like real wood, like seats and tables wow. and stuff. And like, yeah. Wow. Super fancy McDonald's. Wow. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love a fancy McDonald's. <laughs> oh, funny. Okay. Okay. Um, have you ever, so like, I've only seen it in like commercials where people will go, drive to a super rural or secluded area and then camp out in their truck bed or in the bed of their SUV or whatever. Have you ever done anything like that? Not really. We would always stamp it like stop at like campgrounds, I guess. I mean, we never really stopped to go camping on road trips. We would usually plan our camping trips and they would usually be like Vermont state parks or somewhere that has like a lean to, which I don't know if you're familiar with a lean to. Yeah. Um, we would always kind of do that, I guess. We never like had a camper or like slept out of our car. Um, gotcha. Okay. And didn't really do like the tent thing that much, but I mean, I'm not like against it. I've always been like for it. If I was like driving out West on like a big trip or something like that. Mm. 
Okay. Cool beans. Cool beans. Um, that being said, is there anything else that like stuck out to you? Any anything else you think that you're like, oh man, I hope we I hope we chat about this part. Any other bits? Like I mean, that? I want to know. I would have been interested to see what happens when I attended like college orientation at a southern school. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know why I just decided you're like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to keep driving. Because <laughs> I figured yeah. <laughs> her, she, her, she was en route to, and like part of me was like, oh man, I wonder if I should have her get arrested because she didn't like turn the rental car in when she was supposed to or, <laughs> you know, and I was thinking all the ways that you might like, uh, like empty out your credit card. Or like do like a cash advance and then just live off of cash and then they're trying to run your card but they can't because it's like overdraft now so it's getting declined and they're trying to call you and you're like fuck off I'm I'm on this trip for me you know sort of thing. I don't know if I would have been smart enough to figure any of that stuff out. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) it sounds like something I would have like accidentally done and like gotten in financial trouble for, but not like (laughs) anything I could have plotted out for myself. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. I yeah. I don't know why I just I, I decided that that's what it would be instead of focusing on like, hey, this is orientation at Savannah Art School. I, I did a lot of research on that school. It seems pretty cool. Yeah, um, the, I, I still really want to go. I've never been to Savannah now, even to oh, this day. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I really want to go because also it's like the most haunted city in the country. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. It's so, pretty. A lot of their buildings look very um, they, they look like they've been well preserved. Yeah, but they're like the, the restoration like colonial department has pretty much like saved all of <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's it's pretty. It's very very green, um, which is nice. And yeah. um, I haven't spent too much time in Savannah. I just remember I was visiting someone in Georgia, but I flew into Savannah, and so we drove around for a bit and hung out there, and then we left. There's but it was not yeah. a lot of places in the South that pique my interest, and in. it's not to say that I wouldn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. parts of it but i i definitely think like the cities always interest me more than like the rural parts of the sure. south yeah but not even all the cities like i i'm sure atlanta is like really cool i just have yet to like put some stuff on my weird travel bucket list to like want to go there i guess mm. okay um but the first time i ever went to the south was just in january when i went to new orleans get out of here really yeah i've never really been further south than like the Covington, Kentucky airport other than really? that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. I definitely want to do like the Southwest and I, I Florida I'm not sure about, but I think like St. <laughs> St. Augustine has always kind of interested me in like the keys. Okay. And then for part of my adulthood in Chicago, there was a contingency of friends of each other, all from Miami, who like lived here. Okay. And I became friends with them. And some of them still live here, but several of them have moved back to Miami. So mm. it's one of those things where it's like, if I went to Miami on my own, I feel like I wouldn't enjoy it. But if I went to like go visit my friend Emily mm-hmm. and she like grew up there and she like showed me around and stuff, I, I know that I would have more fun. So like sure. I want to go to see her someday. Gotcha. Okay. I yeah. can dig it. So my, 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 my grandparents lived in Florida. So I've, I've been to Florida quite a few times visiting them, but I have no, I have, 
I don't think I've ever had a desire to live in Miami or anywhere else in Florida. Yeah. Um, but um, if, if ever I have like a need for a, a fix of being around Caribbean people, then I mean, Miami is a great place to be for that. You got yeah. all kinds of Caribbean <laughs> people, a bunch of Cuban and Puerto Rican restaurants that are delicious. Yeah, for sure. But um, I don't know. Just, there's something about Miami that just feels like it's, it's surviving a hurricane every single day, you know? Yeah. So like all the buildings look beat up. Uh, all of the, the palm trees look like they've been, you know, attacked <laughs> by somebody yeah. like with a machete. So I don't know. I there's... just picture Miami looking like it never left the eighties and I could totally be wrong, but I no, just you're not wrong. picture like everyone wearing like tight day glow colored clothes. Yeah. And yeah. like, um, I picture like all the building facades to be like stucco. And then, you know, those like square, like marbly, like window glass mm-hmm. things. Yeah. I just picture like all the windows to look like that. To look like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like you'll very, get a lot like, of that. 80s, like my yeah. two dads kind of. For fun. sure. You'll get a lot of that, especially <laughs> like, uh, I want to say like Oceanside with the windows because yeah, of yeah. how many like hurricane measures that they have to have and such. But what like especially Miami Beach, one thing I learned about that is that there you will see two things all day every day on Miami Beach, boobs and muscles. Yeah, I and think that's that I've pretty much figured that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was like I was there for my cousin's wedding and I was walking my 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 brother and my dad and I we went to see a movie. I don't even remember what movie it was. But we were just like, oh, we have a whole day to do nothing. And we're not trying to sit out on the beach in this 100 degree weather. So let's just go uh, to the movies. So we, w- we walked to the movies and I was like, man, you guys are living in Florida. Why do you all have fake tans? What is it? What's <laughs> happening? You know, it was, it was it was very peculiar, but it was it was hilarious. And I, t- I told Stephanie that and she's like, yeah, that sounds about right. We're in Florida. I was like, oh. <laughs> so. I really want to go to the Keys, but like getting there just also weirds me out. Yeah, it's a long drive. Yeah, or a, you a can take a boat. Or I mean, yeah, I guess you could take a boat. Even that's like a long boat ride, long though. Boat I think. Ride, yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh man. Well, if 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 there's nothing else that's pressing, nothing else pressing. No. Okay. Then with that, we will bring other Amanda to a close. Thank cool. you again for coming on the podcast i really appreciate you indulging me and and hanging out for a bit yeah it was really fun cool cool uh I've again i've never been on a podcast really <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad i'm glad this could be the first one i'm glad yeah, yeah. <laughs> um again uh my guest is amanda gontour please check out wary underscore weavings on instagram give it a follow check out her stories check out her pursuit of weaving glory (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah for amanda imd thanks and uh come back next week for another episode oh also happy halloween this is the halloween episode oh Uh, really yeah it it just happened to work out that way so happy Uh, halloween amanda i had like worn a costume while we were doing that oh shoot i I should have told you that ahead of time i should have told you i knew i but like i knew it was going to be the halloween like the, the episode on the week of halloween so I was like, oh, oh cool. don't forget to tell her. And I, I have a really forgot. cool witch's hat. Yeah? Nice. Yeah, a really cool one. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Cool beans. <laughs> cool beans. Again, cool. I'm D. This is Amanda. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.